whenever we present recordings here on Anime Roundtable, the whole idea with putting them out is generally the same. It's just how we go about it is a little different. Really, that's at the crux of the difference between regular episodes and the Space Heater Chats series of episodes we now do under the Roundtable banner. Uh, When we do a regular episode, it's one of those things that we plan out to some degree, at least enough that I hope our listeners, and yeah, as much as I joke about it, our good handful of listeners will be able to tell the difference that we actually thought through the episode that we present when we do a regular version. Whenever we do a space heater chat, it tends to be a little bit more out of impulse and is a little bit more narrow focused in terms of what we talk about. And really, it's just we present the topic and let the conversation go wherever it may. So basically, that's what we're doing tonight as we uh, do a space heater chat. Uh, Mike Nicholas, James Austin, Amy Lynn Gregg, Kevin Ng around the virtual table. We are doing this remotely this evening. The, The bottom line is, as I said, whenever we do a recording for Anime Roundtable, the purpose is always the same. To encourage listeners to try and learn a little bit more for themselves, start a conversation, continue a conversation. But more, most importantly, never end the conversation. We just give our two cents. We think it's worth something. And we all, and it's always in not so many words, we encourage anybody who listens to the conversation to one, look around and see what else they can find out. And two, probably more importantly, add to the conversation here, which nobody has ever really done, by the way. No listener has ever really added to the conversation. Because, which is kind of a shame because we want to hear that part of the story too. Hear what others think. And maybe that adds to our view as well. This week has been a hell of a week for our fandom and the industry that surrounds it. And it probably isn't... um, Anybody who keeps up with the business of our fandom knows what the big story has been this week. I believe, what was it, five days ago? November, what's the date again? November November 1st. Anime News Network announced that it had been, it is in the process of being acquired by Kadokawa. So a lot of questions, of course, start to pop up about what was going to happen to Anime News Network's business as a whole? Will it be overly influenced by Katakawa? How much will they lean into their editorial content? You know, will will they 
flex their muscles? Will Katakawa flex its muscles and change the editorial content for Anime News Network? But I think, and we already know some of the obvious answers. The press release said as much. After show with Anna uh, and an after show said as much too. We'll delve into that. But in the press release, we start to learn a little bit more about where about Anime News Network and what it's about to become a part of as it goes into Katakawa. And in the next little bit, I know, um, and I'm glad James is around to to walk us through this because I know he'll uh, be able to flex his accounting muscles into this, and he'll. Um, and we'll explore that part of the story and maybe just some general thoughts because as much as um as much as fandom likes to think of the anime world outside of Japan or the anime and manga world and the pop culture industry as its own unique thing it holds a lot of similarities in terms of the way it ends up operating as a business. So I want to at least encourage people and well, I'll tell you why, but um, ultimately I'll try and encourage people to take a step back as, as we digest a little bit more. So um, where do we want to start with this, James? Where do you want to, where do we want to start with the whole uh, acquisition about the whole, what is it getting into? What the, what will be the sister sister aspects to anime news network because Katakawa is a bunch of things and they have a bunch of things on their, under their umbrella. Yeah. Just like uh, Sony and their family of companies, right? It's like Katakawa now has uh, started to organize some of their uh, family of companies and some of the acquisitions they've uh, done over uh, the last few years, because we, I can't remember, we had mentioned they had picked up J novel and uh, bought uh, that off Sam Panansky, and I'm guessing he it was a similar deal where he has a, a minority stake in that. And then remember, they bought the majority in uh, Yen Press many moons ago and stuff like that. And Hatchet is still uh, involved, obviously, with that. So now it's kind of bringing it all together, so to speak. And then, of course, the one company they started on their own in Tokyo, but has spread it globally, which is Bookwalker and stuff like that, which is probably the biggest uh, resource if you want to buy just chapters or the actual uh, novels or uh, full manga volumes of manga or light novels and stuff like that from a variety of publishers, not just Katakawa. They uh, do them all, it looks like. Bookwalker is and, and and recap for me because uh, I don't I have trouble keeping up. Bookwalker is more. Are we talking more physical media? Or are we talking digital. more digital? Digital. Digital. Thank you. That's why I said uh, dig, I did mention digital and stuff like. Okay, that. and like, yeah, and I get, I let myself get lost because of all all the companies involved. And you can obviously it's the similar thing where you buy that you own it on their platform and then either through an app through your phone or you can even do it through uh, PC and stuff like that that you can access it and read it from those uh, resources and stuff like that and they do uh, a lot of sales and things like that. I think. When I, because I haven't really played around with them or bought from them. So I'm not sure if they are based in US dollars or actually on the yen because they could do either or because I know they have a Japanese side to that, uh, to Bookwalker that they sell just to Japan and stuff like that in the 
Japanese language, of course. So, mm -hmm. But anyway, as you said, um, Anime News Network, uh, Christopher uh, McDonald decided to, uh, I guess probably there were discussions before this, but he decided to sell to uh, Katakawa. And I think the bigger thing is just like how Funimation, Crunchyroll, and all of them kind of were organized into their own thing. Supposedly, Katakawa, for these holdings they had gathered over time, has set up Katakawa World Entertainment, which is going to be based in the U.S., which is going to hold part of Bookwalker, I guess, from what they said, Anime News Network, J Novel Club, and Young Press. And then to run that, a CEO, supposedly Kurt Hassler, who was uh, had honcho at Yed Press, is also going to be doing that too, which is kind of interesting to say the least. But uh, the other thing as well is, I told you before, Mike, it's the Bookwalker thing is interesting in itself because that could be another game for Anime News Network. And the reason behind that is... If you haven't been paying attention to, uh, remember we had mentioned, of course, Trash Taste and some of those influencers and stuff like that. They basically are under a brand called Geeks Plus, which is basically under Bookwalker. So basically they're a part of Bookwalker for Geeks Plus. And it's basically, as they say, they're connecting Japanese brands with global influencers. And in Japan, obviously, they have D-Dog VA, Gigak, and Anime Man, and Trash Taste was started under that. They have Sid Snap and many others in Japan. They have overseas as well, like Mother's Basement and Glass Reflection and things like that. So they could bring those maybe together and maybe they could either do some stories or maybe uh, spice up their uh, YouTube channel and do some stuff on there with uh, Geeks Plus maybe. Mm -hmm. Um. Kevin, do you do? Uh, it sounds like you want to come into this. Well, it's basically just Katakawa leaving their mark and consolidating everything into one company, as has been iterated already. You know, it's it's weird because I've been so used to ANN being an independent entity, even though uh, it's a little-known secret that they were partially owned by uh, Bandai Namco Holdings. It's now Bandai Namco Filmworks and stuff like that. And it was the uh, things at the end of certain uh, news stories and articles, as we know. So, yeah, as Kevin mentioned, yeah, th there was uh, that factor. And so basically what we have now is, and Chris McDonald had said this, that this new company, Katakawa, majority shareholder, minority shareholder is Chris McDonald, and he's still running uh, the show. Everyone is basically going to still have their job and still be there doing independent journalism, as they said. And then Bandai Namco is still going to be a minority shareholder as well. So basically, and some of that, as we said, it's not like uh, Right Stuff or some of the other ones we've seen where someone gets a payout. I hate to say it. I don't think Chris McDonald got a payout. He, as they said in the press release and stuff like that, it's very much in the letters in there and stuff like that. They said, um, 
for all the related business assets from Ant scheduled to be completed by the end of the year. So this will be finished by the end of the year. So maybe start of uh, January 1st, uh, they'll all be together. They said transaction value not disclosed would be and would have no material impact on Katakawa's consolidated business results. And so the reason that's important is that that kind of tells you it's like there's no material value. It's not, I don't think, in the millions or anything like that. I think it's just a simple, small uh, business transaction where you have to make these determinations of how you want to expand and continue your future and stuff like that. And Chris McDonald obviously got some money from it and stuff like that, but not a big amount. I think the bigger thing for him was to keep Anime News Network going, being a consistent business. And that's especially hard in this day and age with the ad rates uh, going the way they are and We've seen other places, obviously, in the video game sphere. We've seen the Bionta again or selling again of GameSpot and of um, GameFAQs and a few other sites. And so we've seen it that the ad rates just can't keep these sites going on forever and ever. And Anime News Network, if you look at it, it's like you have the big ad. But then you can see if you go through there, quite a few ads uh, on there to keep it going. And obviously, they don't have a Patreon, but they do have a subscription where you can get rid of the ads, and that only gets you so far and stuff like that. And as they said, a lot of this money and a lot of this help from Katakawa will really help them on the back end to keep the site going and to actually modernize it and stuff like that and make it better viewing on the computer and on the mobile side, even though, yes, they do have things for mobile and stuff like that. But it takes money and energy to make that happen continually, especially as an independent operator. Mm. Well, let's, uh, as you went through that, I, I was just quickly reminded, Justin Savikas, as the news broke, and, I don't, and many know, or enough people I'm sure now know, Justin Savikas, who's a key guy in discotech. He was also the founder of Anime News Network. He refers to it as his original startup. You should remember he is just a contractor with Discotech because remember, it's uh, Media OCD is his. That's company. his company. That I know his he, company. So all he is is just a contractor for Discotech. And, and but in many respects, he's like rightfully or wrongfully one of the key got one of the faces anyway. Mm-hmm. He basically represents them in a in a public facing way, along with Mike and. Even and though Rainey, technically they not- help him run some of the marketing and like paneling and stuff like that mm-hmm. he just tweeted out as the news broke and i'll i'll, I'll give the tweet out a, a quote word for word here uh, given how few anime companies there really are in the usd these days and therefore how few potential advertisers Something like this seemed inevitable to me for the last few years. Many mixed feelings. I may not always be on the same page as ANN and have little to do with it these days, but it is my first startup 24 years ago. Spent a lot of my life working on that site and it will always mean something to me. Congrats to at ANN underscore ED. That's Chris's, uh, that's Chris McDonald's um, uh, Twitter. Twitter hand for crossing the, a finish line of sorts. I'm pretty much, I'm sure pretty much everybody has similar concerns going forward. Hope this means good things for both the site's content and its team. And I'll leave it at that. 
So those were that was um, Savickas's uh, statement on the on the on the acquisition. And I- Lindsay Loveridge also uh, also uh, tweeted out that day, and we'll mm-hmm. talk more about her uh, her other public comments to this point. And Good I- morning. I still have my job. I still have the same boss. He somehow managed to convince a very large corporation that I should be able to continue doing what I do at my discretion. I continue to gain power at the detriment of the internet. I guess that's a bit of a joke. Fully understanding any hesitation or reprehension. But if you're concerned about our editorial integrity, just say you don't know me. Have any idea on how my department works or read editorial. Okay, uh, there, there's a small thread uh, a little bit here. So um. there is definitely a, a, quite the thread on both of the uh, in the forums on the two articles, the press release, and then obviously Chris McDonald made a statement, and he kind of said the same thing. Where one of the paragraphs, very importantly, he said, um, "I will personally remain Anne's publisher, and our editorial independence is contractually guaranteed." Obviously, some people are going to question that because, yes, people have had contractual uh, agreements and contracts, and sometimes they don't always turn out like you want. But I think with the team they have, obviously, it's going. it could probably turn out for the better and stuff like that. And um, it's like, yeah, it says Anime News Network has a long history with being editorially independent of both our largest advertisers and our investors and none of that will change and kind of that goes to the bandai namco uh, part because they have always made mention uh, that bandai namco they have a minority stake whenever they cover things and stuff like that and we've seen them cover like review products of them and i don't think that has really affected them it hasn't been all uh, roses and uh, kisses to say the least sunshine and roses i think that's the phrase wow as you can say, they're not uh, giving them all uh, A pluses or something to that effect. But in essence, he, he goes on, obviously, says the whole team's still going to be there. And basically, one part he talks about is as a part of the acquisition, KWE will be investing significantly in and software development. A number of new projects will be launched, and a number of projects that have been stuck in development for way too long will be prioritized because it takes That's- money to get things done, as I said before. So it'll be interesting to see in the next few years how it uh, kickstarts them uh, to change and how the site uh, grows and stuff like that, even on the encyclopedia side and things like that, because Anime List and all these other things have been bought up by other things, and people do use that. So it'll be interesting to see how they evolve these things going forward. That's the crux, or basically as much as what was said on ANN after show not too long after i just listened to about the first 30 minutes of the latest episode and yes they did talk uh lindsay and james there they talked at length about the coverage but they could only talk about it in terms of how they think it'll be it'll impact them and to that degree much of the talk was like you didn't get to any you know overbearing corporate overlord type talk. It was more about the talk to them was more about quality of life changes more like, okay, maybe, maybe having some of these resources may make thing, make, may make 
running anime news network a lot easier for them. So there he they Lindsay went at length about, you know, how outdated at points the ANN site is. So she felt that some of those resources could help them. They did talk about improving improving the subscription and making that more appealing. Although uh, although obviously details uh, are a little short at the moment and we can only speculate what that'll involve aside from advertising. And maybe they could uh, touch base with some of their other partners in Katakawa World Entertainment. So that setting up that entity kind of helps them keep a better base because it'd probably be harder if they're trying to run that out of Tokyo and stuff like that. But they could use the subscription, maybe get some benefits from Bookwalker on some digital uh, volumes or chapters or free previews. They could do the same with J Novel Club, maybe with some of their... uh, novels and things like that and some of the manga they have on there or maybe give like um a free trial so to speak to jay novel and stuff like that for people to check out yeah i mean it's sort of like what we're what uh anime fans waiting for something like oh uh playstation plus and crunchy roll rolled into into a single subscription or something I thought with uh, the extra thirty dollars we have to pay, they should be doing that. Well, or well, and I just got a no- you. You got the notice, by the way, this week. Yeah, I got. I got the notice. I thought we were going to have a little uh, quick uh, talk on that the, one. The the aside, I and I, I mentioned it to the others this week, and and as a quick aside, I would have accepted. Like first of all. Uh, it's a big jump. It's a big yeah, jump. It's it's a forty percent. It's a forty percent raise. Um. So we. So just a quick aside. Yes, uh, we received emails this week that our annual that up here in Canada, Canadian subscribers to Crunchyroll's annual service, will see a thirty dollar jump in their price for twenty twenty three, beginning and they're starting to implement it as of Halloween. So it, what used to be sixty nine ninety nine will become ninety nine ninety nine, and that's a forty percent increase. I think they just gave oh, the middle finger to all their subscribers because they I, talk about all this BS about oh we're doing this because we're trying to bring Funimation and Crunchyroll together yeah. and all this other horseshit. And if it was the Funimation side, I kind of understood it and stuff like that. But the Crunchyroll side was a little more on the more expensive side stuff like that. And I'm like, no, I don't buy it. And the other thing is they're taking forever to get some of those shows from Funimation over to Crunchyroll. They're still doing it every Tuesday. I'm still joking about waiting to see uh, to see Wave listen to me back on that. And then the other the other thing is all those ones, they obviously aren't doing uh, the digital to own anymore for the newer Blu-rays that are coming out. But all our old ones, we haven't seen transition of that from Funimation to Crunchyroll. It's still on the Funimation site. So there's a lot of things they still not need to figure out. And we're giving them money. And sometimes some of the apps don't exactly work like they should. Like they want to, they want to be the big boys, as they say. They want to be fighting against Netflix and Disney Plus and all that stuff and Crave and all that thing. Well, then act like it and show us that you can actually run this company and this app like how you say you are going to be. Because otherwise, we should be paying what you're worth. You know what I mean? And you don't yeah, seem to just, think other parts of your business are worth anything. If 
as we've heard from before. See, one uh, okay, yeah, uh, James uh, pretty much said it said it best, and I know uh, Kevin holds a similar uh, Kevin and uh, holds a similar sentiment. My line was has, has been fairly consistent. Uh, maybe we can have this conversation if that price included offline downloading. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to uh, yeah. be desired, to say the least. Like, if they had had a price increase, I think some of us would say, okay, we kind of understand. But when it's that much, it's just kind of like, woo. I, it'll be interesting to see how many people decide to, as they say, hit the unsubscribe button or stuff like that and how much they could lose uh, there. Because I know on the Sony side, on the PlayStation Plus, they supposedly lost a good chunk. It wasn't a big amount, but it was still a significant amount when they changed up their PS Plus subscription and put it into three tiers. Because people were so confused. They're like, hands up, nuts to this. I'm not going to do this anymore. We're going into recession. Let's just stop this now. Like, I don't need to play my games online. And it was interesting. Well, there's no, there's no real incentive to do that. Such a huge increase. Well, it is, yes, that too. But, and we're talking like a bunch of, well, you just brought up PlayStation. We just brought up uh, Crunchyroll, same corporate owners. So, yeah. Okay, Kevin, you have a thought? And then we'll continue on the uh, whole. Well, there's only so many of us subscribing anyway. What does it really matter to them? Like, I agree, we do get the biggest library for us in the U.S. and stuff like that. And that when they did the lower prices for some of the other regions, yeah, they didn't have as big of a library. But I still think our criticisms are valid based on how much they sent it up because it's still ridiculous in my mind. Because they already did the increase for the U.S., right? I believe so. Mm-hmm. I I forget the timeline. Um, I I knew there were, it was coming. I I don't know if it was if it had already been implemented because we're not there. It's it's annoying because we never had access to the back catalog on the free side, and that was something they did specifically to us and no other country. And then yeah. they take away the free ongoing stuff. Anything ongoing is no longer available for free. I believe the back catalog should still be available for Americans and everybody else not in Canada. Correct. They did it up to the spring uh, 2022 season. So that's how they did it for them. But as you said, Kevin, we got uh, the ass's boot, so to speak. And some of that was, as they said, ad rates were shit in Canada. Like we basically, it, we were a nothing burger to them and we still are. And the other thing pride that I'm surprised they didn't put in the releases, our dollar is shit too. So that was probably another reason. Sometimes I just think like we can't be worse than, I don't know, Turkey or Liechtenstein or Uruguay or any other country in the world like it it makes no sense to me 
depends on how uh, on how big a market you are and the type of access you have to a market that does matter. I just assume right? I always just assume somebody in Crunchyroll hated us. That's just how I rationalized it in my head. I think that someone in Silicon Valley, huh? I think that a lot about work too. So, well, yeah, I mean that, and that's. I guess we can talk Crunchyroll uh, a little bit more at some other point. Let's reel it back a little bit. Okay, so let's come back down to the other the other um, burgeoning corporate umbrella that uh, you know pitched up a, a little more this week. Back to ANN and Katakawa. Katakawa. Okay. I know we hinted a little bit about some of um, the heads of Katakawa and some of their legal troubles. Uh, James wasn't on when we brought him up. Well, they had had that before because it was another one of the brothers. They had had another similar scandal before with one of the other brothers before, and he had started his own company because they supposedly would go tit for tat. But I know they had other Japanese uh, companies in this scandal with the Olympics, and I think all of it was probably just for domestic eyes. As they say, because I think even if you had like all the people kind of cross, what does anyone in any other country care or know about Katakawa or some of these other things like Densu and stuff like that? You know what I mean? Like I think they only meet Which like, is probably and I think just, it was a domestic play and it blew up in their face, especially with the unexpected add on of um COVID. Yeah. I, I it's just I guess that's the optic within Japan itself. And if it's if it if if the stories were more closer to home, these th- those type of stories aren't. If they're funny to watch because in some respects they don't really surprise you. And we had talked about but, the one with UFO table too. Remember how they were just taking like actual money so that they say it's like oh I can do better with this and stuff. It's like a very weird thing going on, and I'm sure it's in other uh, countries too, not just Japan over there, but. Uh, they do some funny stuff where it's like they think oh i can use this or i can do whatever and it blows up fantastically in their face like if they just Mm -hmm. stuck to the straight and narrow they probably would have lived a better life and stuff like that not to say Mm -hmm. that maybe their government is using it in the best way but probably going about how they did it is definitely not the way Uh, just a thought and that and people still i mean people will wonder about that part of the uh, part of the story so the yeah so we've given enough about the whole like nuts and bolts right now right, right. and some of the potential for later on i guess as i said as you said the j club not uh j novel yen press etc the potential of say trash taste being a little bit further into the in the family being in the, under the same umbrella and in the and same I know family. the trash taste boys they've done well it was just uh, their top anime list but each of them did a article like that for Crunchyroll so you could have something like that with some of their influencers as I said on the yeah, anime you, you can, network whether it's video for YouTube to spice up that part of the site or just uh, some articles uh, in there and stuff like that some specials like, which they again, normally do what, on different things. Yeah, once again, the potential to pool some of those resources and see if for benefit, for ANN's uh, long-term uh, overall benefit. They said they were, they've always said they were looking forward to seeing what other, they're curious to see what other resources could open up to them through this deal. 
and they can talk not just anime and manga but obviously video games anything uh japanese pop culture definitely could work uh through this company the katakawa world uh, entertainment so to speak mm-hmm. and as we said you had mentioned the scandals i don't think they'll have too much of a big impact overall because of how massive katakawa is and how many hands they have in so many pies just like sony and stuff like that yeah it's just yeah so cutting off one wouldn't make a big difference or one part of it doesn't make a big difference to the whole and it's too big and all the things that they have had uh, going forward like they had a very aggressive anime strategy and they had to cut back during covid but now for the last few seasons you've seen that they've been really aggressive. There's a number of Katakawa shows coming out each season, stuff like that. And I'm sure some people could say that's a lot of isekai. And yeah, there's some of that too, but uh, they're still going at it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think, well, uh, speaking a little bit more generally too, and it's also a, a constant reminder to Japanese companies that their own. Like with, with these moves, with them wanting to be more internet, uh, like acquiring acquiring um, entities that are a lot more international based, like translators, J, like J Novel, like Yen Press, who translate you know, for other for other regions and localize outside of Japan. Anime News Network is the latest. It's just an it's just one of those things that. Where companies are, where Japanese-based companies are just, it's their ongoing realization that their domestic market is only worth so much to them now, that they can only get so much, so much money out of that. I mean, I think there was an article this week about uh, about Square Enix saying the same thing uh, about how about about how their games are doing in Japan. Although some of the some of the issues there, of course, are larger issues, but but I'm just work with me on that. Or it's there's some consistencies as to the movements being made here. If Square or Enix the, cared, or Square Enix cared about how much their games impact Japan, they wouldn't have uh, came out with some BS uh, thing about why there can't be black people in Final Fantasy. There's so, a bunch of other issues yeah. too. Yes. <laughs> Uh, that that was that 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 article came out a little a uh, little later in the week. Oh God, we I guess that's say we should save that one. I want to digest some of that stuff. And Sony's had the same issues, stuff like that too, where basically the West kind of gobbled up their game sector and they're very AAA Western focused now, and they've basically gotten rid of Japan Studio, and that was a core pillar for decades. You know what I mean? Since the beginning of the PlayStation brand, and it's just sad to see and all of them have had to either go independent or quite a few of them ironically they went to nintendo (laughs) well there's in but it's that so what's your motivation i think that someone at katakawa just really wanted at anime on twitter uh it's it's such a (laughs) a huge thing um that they they saw it just standing there it's like well, what's this? What's this anime news network? Yeah, well, we'll buy it. I want to be at anime on Twitter. We, we're Japan. We're we're anime. Um, Branding's a thing, is it not? 
I, 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 so you're right. So I mean, just to, I mean, you may, I, I get it. It may sound a bit like a joke, but I'm not, that type of stuff is matters, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm all not completely joking because, like, throughout all all of this, like, I'm thinking about you know Anime News Network and like you know what they were saying apparently on the podcast about you know upgrading the website. It's like, yeah, maybe it's an old ish website, but you know, news websites are one of the few like traditional style websites that are still existing in 2022. So I think like that's kind of cool for it. Like it's like these days when I'm thinking about going to a website, it's pretty much news websites. Um, And I think sort of expanding, like I think Anime News Network has so much potential that is kind of being wasted as sort of the world for better and worse, shifts into a social media kind of zone. Um, as you were talking, I scrolled through um, Anime News Network's Twitter because, you know, I saw their initial tweet and I, I saw the amount of likes and it was about 500. I'm like, okay, that, that seems small for what I think is the biggest, like, anime news website and presence on the, like, English-speaking internet. So I scrolled through, it's like, okay... What is the closest, um, what, what surpasses 500 likes for an anime news network, um, post? And we have at se- around 700, um, happy birthday Armin from Attack on Titan. Um, so that's more important than being bought by Katakawa. Uh, we also have, um, just a picture of one of the Chainsaw Man characters cuddling the Chainsaw Dog at a- over a thousand likes. And we have uh, What's Your Favorite Anime Witch with fan service Cat from Soul Eater. Um, aside from that, nothing really breaks 200 and most of them are at about 70. So I, I kind of hope that this like buyout merger, whatever, um, I hope it can kind of spark some more, like whatever gets people to like Chainsaw Man dog being cuddled. Uh, because there, I, I don't know, I, I feel that there's so much potential with this website, and it's weird that their Twitter presence is so minuscule. For at anime, it has again, it's it's at anime. This should be bigger. I don't know what else to add. Kevin, I don't follow their Twitter too much, but I I'm in agreement with Amy. Although, I'd be surprised if they didn't post some of their interest articles through the anime feed as well, because there are there are plenty of those kinds of articles on the website. They, they must do that, but maybe they could phrase things a little differently on the tweet itself so that they could get better engagement, perhaps. I'm guessing most of their audience is on twi- like on the website. But it's weird that they're not trying harder. Like maybe they saw the writing on the wall with Twitter and they are going to go to Mastodon. But um, I don't think that would be a business savvy thing right now. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, it's weird. Like it's kind of like the, one, the um, uh, Japan Alumni Association, um, the Jet Alumni Association in Toronto that I've been a part of. Um, we were surprised that a lot of our audience is still using um, email newsletters and the website, like we figure that, oh, everyone's going to be just, you know, on 
TikTok and Instagram, but I think we have enough of an age diversity um, where a lot of the people are going to those more like traditional online spaces. So it might just be that Anime News Network's audience skews older where, you know, yeah, they might be on Twitter, but these are the kind of people who are routinely, you know, checking a website, you know, a couple times a day. So there isn't, for them at least, there isn't a lot of motivation for, you know, trying to put a lot of effort into Twitter. Well, and all this is now making me feel old. Because that's just, because it reminds me of the, of the way I consume things on the internet. And for reference, only this week, I am so surprised that nobody took out the name Anime Roundtable on TikTok. Are you really surprised, Mike? Yeah, to some degree, yes. To some degree. I thought anything could be taken. Any name, any string of characters could be taken on TikTok. I thought I thought I thought I thought it would be like anime roundtable, you know, underscore six 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 or something by now. <laughs> so the fact, like, I mean, I mean, like, the Twitter account has been around since we brought back since since the day version two started in May of twenty eighteen, and Instagram. And then everything that we brought up afterwards, Instagram, Twitch, uh, YouTube, and now uh, TikTok, those have come after and nobody's taken. And by and large, those names are still, were not taken. Uh, The YouTube one, we can open to some debate. So it's just, as I said, you made me reflect on branding and names and all that. With that little, with that little thought, Amy, and maybe that it was worth something to them, and they probably didn't have to pay. And as James has hinted, the price may have been right, may not have been. They may not have had to pay too much to get it. Just a guarantee that everybody gets to stick around. I guess in the spirit of disclosure, which ANN may have to do a little bit more of, um, I do feel it is important to mention that years ago I did uh, enter a contest on ANN and won a ticket to a Trigun movie. Um, so, you know, my, well, my praise of ANN might be slightly biased because I won a Trigun movie ticket from them. It must be too. <laughs> I, I won a Witchblade which uh, special box set from them. So. And I guess nice. the disclosure... And once again, um, I've mentioned this over the years on this podcast. I was briefly a columnist on Anime News Network as well in the early aughts, maybe for about half a dozen or uh, half a dozen columns. But I was there, so it was. Um, there's a moment of reflection in this, and you understand where the like. You don't have to like where the business is going, but. You know, this is what those, this is what the people who work there have to deal with, right? And this is before, uh, before we talk about all the flack and abuse they face for the material they put out. So, you know, wish him, so just 
keep that all in mind. And keep it, and and I did say this is part and parcel for a lot of things that go on. Not just in the anime world, not just in the media world, just generally. Right? CNN is part of Warner Discovery. So you have you have a news network uh you know associated with a with an established entertainment brand. You have sports networks here in Canada with a long associ- with associations with telecommunication companies. Radio stations much the same. Whenever whenever City News 680 talks about Rogers this is and this is com- and this is common practice. This has become common practice because of all the th- the things that are happening. They always end off those reports by saying Rogers is the parent company of this radio station, which I which is a you know it's just they have to put that out there because well that like what. You have to kind of mention those type of things, and we expect to see that type of line used a lot more when a- in ANN articles too, if it hasn't been already. Wow, hasn't but, been already. That's for sure. But the new year long has. I mean, I don't keep up with the ANN website on a daily basis anymore. Just been Dynamic goes so. Mm-hmm. But now we're going to see that further disclaimer. Uh, co- uh, you know, co- I think it was comicbook.com or being mentioned with CBS, etc. Like this is going to be common. This is a common practice. It's just now we have an acquisition that you'll, where you'll end up seeing it more. Although, and as to an encouragement about, and this is once again, Lindsay, uh, Lindsay Leverage talking about it. She only keeps up with the news side, the editorial side. She doesn't keep up with the advertising side as much as possible. She tries not to. She refers to it as a kind of a separation between church and state. Well, that's what I think Chris McDonald said too. And you have to, on a news site or a newspaper, keep a separation between the two because once they blur, you're in deep trouble because your credibility is shot. Mm-hmm. And uh, where and where the blurring begins, you have to make you have to say lines that are very clear. This is a paid advertisement. And there have been advertorials on ANN, as we know. So. Yeah, and you see that that's a common practice these days. Evan? I feel that Chris and the team have always been trying their best to keep things neutral. They've made a concerted effort in this all these years. That's why when Chris posted his personal statement on the matter on the website, I'm inclined to believe him. Of course, who knows what will happen down the road. And there are plenty of skeptics on social media about the decision as well. And they're not unfounded. Because we've, like we've said earlier, there have been similar moves in the past, and even though it was stated, oh, nothing will change, things will largely stay the same, like things eventually do, for better or for worse. So the jury is still out there, but I do feel like they'll keep their journalistic integrity for as long as Chris stays at the helm, 
At least that's what I want to believe. The angle for me is probably a little bit more of a humorous slant. And that's John Oliver. When he he constantly jokes about he constantly jokes about uh, last week tonight being on HBO. And then he'll do the odd segment about HBO's corporate ownership. And in recent years, how that has changed a couple times over. And then he spends that in say. Yeah. And he and he talks and he spends, you know, literally half of half episodes slamming his corporate owners and hoping he never like and this isn't out of fear, but he just says for their own pretty much saying in not so many words, saying for their own well-being, he hopes to never really talk to them. Uh, he he's in recent year in a few months ago or at the beginning of the year he you in talking about all of this he jokingly said and he probably and he means it i'm pretty sure there's no hand more tastier to bite than the one that feeds you and i think that's a it's both a humorous and I think a brave attitude to take. And this is where I hope Anime News Network continues. Taking on that type of attitude. So the thing is, as I said, it's Fandom, if fandom believes that the, that the anime anime world is its own thing, then this was a reality check about how much it is a business, and it's not that much different from a lot of other businesses. It's sad in many respects, because we do look at what we watch here, the anime that we watch on our screens. The ma- the manga that we re- the manga and light novels that we read in bound books and uh, and e readers, they're works of art. It's just that they're in a certain frame. That in some ways it's just trying to, you know, keep uh, keep just swim in without getting lost in. So that's now. This is just first uh, first blush on the whole thing, and it, it's just always just uh, yeah. It, it's a it's a moment of reflection. Just another way to see how everything, uh, how um, we think this this whole thing will eventually start to settle down, and it'll be fun. Uh, Kevin just said it. The intention is business as usual. Of course, that doesn't always go that way. And some people, and maybe there will be a moment where Chris McDonald or Lindsay Loveridge disassociate in a rather dramatic form. Maybe. And people will be waiting to dogpile on that. Just, they have, let's just wait. Wow. I'm sure that chance will come. 
figured the likelihood will be slimmer than those people probably think because I think it's been yeah, a long I, time I, to I evolve to this point because you look at where it started obviously with Jason Sava- sorry Justin Savakis that uh, it was a fan site and there were many ones at that time there was Anime Turnpike and all these other things and obviously uh, he obviously Justin handed it off and uh, sold it I believe to um, can't remember if there was one before Chris. There was a person There's before. Person yeah. Before I Chris, think it was, and then they handed it, it off. It might, have been it might have been. It might have been Cookie, and then Chris came on after. Yeah, and then yeah, Chris, isn't the, Chris isn't the second second guy running it. But yeah, there's been some handoffs, I thought. And then uh, I remember, obviously, he did come to Anime North the uh, one time. It might have been 2004, and you were there with him. And that's yeah. I think when he was starting to get his like feet wet and stuff like that and he was an engineer by trade and he was starting to get into the site and he decided i'm going to take this on full time and then to do that and to take it where it has been over the past decade and a half and stuff like that it took time to build it and to get it where he wanted and stuff like that and then at some point you got to say can i continue on and hit my head against the wall and then it'll be a detriment to the site where we could possibly we won't close down today but we might be closing down in a few years if we don't find an investment, if we don't find someone that aligns with our values to actually make those things so that we can continue to be a continuing operation. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there is... and I think some of that was there too. You know what I mean? Like they have to evolve to stay relevant and stuff like that. And I think they'll continue to go on. I don't think it's going to be like, for example, remember, anime on uh, dvd with uh chris uh beverage and stuff beverage. like that he had uh sold to um what was it was it mania or some sort of website thing it was mania, did, yes yeah mania and uh, he stayed on for a bit then obviously he left to do uh fandom post which he's still doing right now but we've never heard of that company for the longest time that he sold that to and it's sad because he had a lot of content on there that I'm sure he would love to have on fandom. But that can happen. Man, it's commendable how Chris Beveridge just keeps on plugging on that website, even though he has his fair share of struggles uh, maintaining it. Because I know uh, they have to run donation drives on a regular basis to help maintain it. And I think that was the other thing I was thinking, too, is to get those donation drives to make sure Chris and his family can live and stuff like that. That's the other thing you got to remember. It's like they've been lucky at ANN to get what they have to support their people at a price point that they can all agree to and stuff like that, because it is hard in the Internet economy and stuff like that. But it's never the party's not going to go on forever. Right. So they had to make a decision, I think. So, well, uh, we've given our wish list, as I said, what we think, what we hope will become, and what we think will become. And we'll wait for 2023 when the deal closes. I think compared to Crunchyroll Funimation and all the Sony stuff, I think it'll be a long while before we see how the tea leaves uh, sort themselves out. I don't think 2023, I think 2024, maybe we'll have a better idea. Well, I mean, I mean, start, things start getting into, mo- well, I mean, it's the, everything will be done by, uh, 
the thing will be done by that point. The deal will be done. And, you know, maybe we'll start to get a sense of a few things, uh, but, I, but it will always be an ongoing thing. I am certain of one thing, though. There will, there isn't, I, I just don't, as much as I know there's some hesitancy and consternation on fandom's part for what they think or what will or what they think Katakawa could end up doing to Anime News Network. I don't think it'll be anywhere close to how Sony has been with Crunchyroll. And I think some of it comes down to is, remember, Sony already had their offices in uh, the U.S. and all these things. So they already had the basis. Katakawa, probably they do have some space in the U.S., but I don't think it's to the same degree. That's why you're setting up the new company and all that stuff. So I don't think there is this fear of influence from Tokyo to uh, the U.S. as there is with Sony and stuff like that. But time will tell. Mm-hmm. We'll be watching. Uh, we haven't been bought out, by the way, just for reference. So uh, we're still running this show on a shoestring budget. And um, yeah, we'll just plug along. We, we, we have our own means. Although we'll talk about that a little bit more at uh, some other juncture. Okay. Done with the business talk today? Heard you had a discussion last week, didn't you, with Kevin okay, and uh, Mo? Oh yeah. Uh, okay. So you, uh, Amy, James, you listened to last episode, episode seventy three. You guys have a thought? It's a blur to me right now. I'll, I'll say that much. Well, I do remember that. Yes, the bayonetta story just kept on going. I think we have heard finally the last of it, and unfortunately, it's like. The donations, I think, uh, like that sounded all well and good, as you guys said. But unfortunately, when we saw the causes, it uh, kind of unraveled yet again, to say the least. And the unfortunate thing is there was a good cause at the beginning that I think needed to be said and stuff like that. Unfortunately, the messenger didn't turn out to be the greatest messenger in the end. And it could affect any future discussion of the topic, which is very unfortunate on both the anime and the video game side. Yeah, I guess... <sighs> Helena Taylor may not be, may not be the best, may not, may not be the best choice to be the flag bearer for this, is she? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's what I'm getting away from this. I think that's putting it lightly, considering what's come out in the aftermath. Um, it is really sad that this person had to bring up like what is a very serious, you know, problem in the industry. Um, But, you know, lying by omission and then please uh, donate to this anti-abortion charity is kind of a weird uh, follow-up to the, the whole incident or the whole event. Mm-hmm. I do want well, to uh, bring up, though, I'm not sure if this was, if this would have been brought up uh, last time, um, but the uh, voice actor for Viola, um, Anna Brisbane, uh, did a, a, tra- a charity stream for Trans Lifeline um, and raised over $5,000. Uh, so 
you know, there are people within the sphere of uh, this game franchise who are doing good, um, sort of, I guess, away from the voice acting controversy of it. Um, but, you know, considering some of the stuff that came um, out about Taylor after the fact, I thought that that was a, a pretty awesome thing uh, for uh, Anna Brisbane to do. And un- so unfortunately, not not given nearly as much coverage as it probably deserved. And I know she does have a following on YouTube because I think I saw her YouTube account and it's in the millions. So hopefully some of those would uh, blast that out as well. Is Yeah, it was quite something to see maybe a little light come out of this situation, you know what I mean? And it was one of those things, as we said, where you heard, and I know you had mentioned that Amy had said, oh, there's some things, and other people said there's some things in Helena Taylor's Twitter and stuff like that. And it's definitely one of those things where it's like, okay, I think this is what is, but then for her to just come out and kind of, it's there. It's like, it just kind of leaves you shaking your head. When it's like right there in your face. Yeah. Anything else uh, got your attention in the uh, in the episode last week? I'm trying to. I, think, just... I know you talked about discotech. There was a lot more in the licenses and stuff like that. For Digimon and stuff like that, I think they kind of had said they had the Japanese version stuff like that. I think it was just a thing of saying, "Hey, we do have the dubbed version coming on December." We are going to get that Japanese version out next year. It's going to take a long time to do. Just like uh, they said, it's going to take a long time to get Kodansha, that next part, out because we have to translate everything. And then it was a similar thing where they finally said, we can finally tell you, yes, Shaman King is coming out onto Blu-ray for uncut Japanese in January and stuff like that. And it took a long time compared to the dub, but they had to go through everything. And it's a lot to translate and get everything out in one go. Mm. And there were some uh, interesting uh, stuff in there. I was yeah. there wasn't too much, but there was some interesting stuff on the live action side. I know they had Common uh, Rider Black. They had um, also another, and I've enjoyed the anime and the novel of that, so I'm sure the live action will be nice. They had um, Suicide Club, which is quite an interesting indie film in. Uh, If you had a fear of uh, fax machines or anything like that before, then probably that trailer did not help you. (laughs) And uh, the other one is... I believe that's Shion Sono who directed that film. Correct. That is, and he is the one they were doing, um, because they do color correction, they do all these things. He had a look at their finished product or what they've done for Discotech. So he's been giving approvals and stuff like that for Cien Mm -hmm. uh, Sono. And then the yeah. other one, which is interesting. So they have done a Gogol 13. They did the Sunny Chiba one. But the one that they're going to release on Blu-ray next year is the 1973 Gogol 13 film, which is the first one. That's, and that one's interesting that, yeah, because right. that one's interesting because they filmed it all on location in pre-revolutionary Iran. And yeah. that's just kind of wild. They're just trapsing along Iran doing what they want to do. And, and by all accounts, <laughs> Iran sounded like a pretty cosmopolitan place before. Well, it, it's see, the, it was the extreme of the opposite extreme of what we see now, right? So it's 
it's like they have to find a middle and one day hopefully they'll find some peace. Yeah, I mean there are there are places that yeah. But, um uh other than that, obviously on the anime side, you said Saint Tail, I know that's a, a big one uh, to have come back as well. They had some uh more Dezaki stuff in uh, Aim for the Ace, which when I see that trailer because it's about tests and stuff like that, and they're just hitting a ball into someone's face and the thing I'm thinking if this was real life and this was the ATP tour for female or male, that would kill someone. But they just walking it off. But, but that was, but that was <laughs> when you when you put it in those terms, you make me think of scenes from Princess Nine, just for reference. Oh man. But uh, they had oh and yes, they did uh, at the end uh Gal Gaigar uh, was announced as Kevin had said. It actually uh it was one they didn't mention there but they just mentioned in their solicitations it's coming out on blu-ray in january for gal gaigar but gal gaigar final is going to be uh later from what it sounds mm-hmm. like and so we have that and i know the other big one they mentioned was uh the english subtitled release of sonic x and that's another one where it takes time to get it all done and all the approvals from sega as they mentioned is quite uh, the thing to get done so that would be interesting for a lot of Sega and Sonic fans. With Sonic X Japanese release as well, they also have uh, both of the Sonic Adventure Crush 40 songs in there um, as image songs uh, in the relevant places in the story, so I'm curious if they managed to license those. I feel like they said they tried to get everything, and they said the release will include newly restored video, newly revised subtitles based on Hulu, yeah, and so th- and making sure everything matches Sonic terminology. Uh, yeah, I think they tried to get everything they could, but I guess we'll see when we get closer to release. And then they there's still... Like with things like Shaman King and Sonic X, um, and I think, you know, um, there was the attempt with Metabots and such, it is interesting that, you know, these days, um, there is the attempt at getting the subtitled... Um, releases for things that like you know as far as localization and licensing probably never like intended to have you know an accurate um um even partially accurate release so it's it's an interesting time we live in and i'm i'm hoping that um you know it looks like they're popular enough or else you know they wouldn't be continuing um and i'm not sure what's left um you know i guess the well, other we had talked about i know licenses. monster Rancher. yeah Oh yeah. But they yeah. they had uh, what was it Ultimate Muscle they announced for the uh, dubbed version. So it'll be interesting to see obviously yeah if they get a subbed version uh, for that because the dubbed version is the 4K's one. So it's funny how we made mention of uh for ki- for kids and stuff like that uh all the things back in the day and how I guess some people obviously they were younger and they took a shine to those. So obviously some of those are maybe being bought by them. But. They, if we are talking about uh, other ones that were uh, dubbed in interesting ways, they talked about ghost stories coming to Blu-ray. And the funny one about that one is Stephen Foster that they had to mention. And I'm looking at him like, that's not how you spell Stephen. Like, there's a seven in his name. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> how it's legally, it. legally written. That's how it's legally written now. And I'm like, well, I guess I can't argue with that. Like, but it was just a funny thing to say because I guess he was going to do um, uh, a commentary track on the release. But I, I know a lot of people love that. 
And then, obviously, I guess uh, Fist of the North Star still uh, did decently and well for them because they got the Fist of the North Star movies and stuff like that that were released, I guess, in 2007, 2008 and stuff like that. And they decided to uh, dub those uh, as well. And they had some... Something tells me we're not going to get the, like the Japanese language release of like Fighting Fudons or Flint the Time Detective, though. Mm. I think there what? are some things that are probably too obscure even for nostalgia-ridden fans. Well, mm. they admitted Saint Seiya is in that boat, unfortunately, <laughs> which is too bad. But that's how it goes. Like sometimes they do some release to test the wars, like they did with Saint Seiya. It didn't work. That's out. okay. We have the Saint Seiya Netflix show, don't we? Did that come out? The live action one? Not that I'm aware of. But... Not yet. I don't think. But I yeah, think it's, you... it's been done. Like, isn't it in the can for a while? But yeah, I guess we'll have to see because they haven't said anything about it releasing yet for that Saint Seiya live action from uh, Netflix. I feel like if they do release it, there are other countries before North America that, sorry, before US and Canada that they would release it. Like I feel Latin America, they'd want to hit because it's so popular over there. And then I know that there's some other ones that they've released like uh, Yurtsei Yatsura, the movies that they've built the following so that allowed them to do the series. So it all depends, right, on how these uh, things flow. And I know, funny enough, there is another Dezeki one they announced there too, which was a classic one, which is Treasure Island. Supposedly they're going to release that next year. So they looks definitely like had a lot Seiya's of old coming. programs, but uh, it was interesting. It looks like Saint Seiya is coming in 2023, so it's close-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, that's uh, the other stuff on the minds. Um, Anything else stick out? No? No, that was most... Like, there were definitely a lot more uh, classic, I'd say, and older shows uh, from what we saw since I was mentioning Dezeki and we were mentioning some other things. Sometimes you have older shows. Sometimes you have uh, some stuff from the aughts. I guess it all depends on what Mr. Discotech is able to license, but they admitted they still have a lot in the can because... They still have everything for 2023 filled up and that he's just ruined to go license some more stuff, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what they have. Maybe they got a few more things from Crunchyroll, but that may not pan out because I know Crunchyroll, for example, as I mentioned last time I was on, remember uh, a sense of a bookworm. They had said, okay, you can release uh, season one and two uh, Sentai, but... Season three is going to really be released by Crunchyroll themselves in January. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to some of those shows that they had lent out to other people. If they're going to come home to roost, so to speak. Yeah. Anyway, um, I guess my last follow-up from last episode is yes. Esports championship week is now over. So as we taped last, as we taped last week, the ending of the uh, Dota two international was finishing up. And then Friday night, late Friday night, uh, the Overwatch League finals came and went. So the playoffs basically happened and uh, over the last week, and the finals happened on uh, Friday. And then last night, League of Legends, the Worlds finished up in San Francisco in front of a raucous, a raucous uh, 20,000 do- 20,000-people-plus crowd at Chase Center in San Francisco. And maybe one, of, and maybe one of the greatest uh, 
underdog stories in recent esports memory um, happened. So uh, it culminated. I think that was the word I was looking for. So all worth a, a watch there. And it was uh, actually fun watching. I actually ended up uh, preferring to watch that over the World Series. Yeah. You mean uh, the Houston uh, Astros? Yeah, yeah. Question yeah. is, did yeah. they win it legitimately this time, do you think? Well, I'd like to think so this time. I feel good for Dusty Baker, though. I came out clean on this. He's probably the one you think it's like it's nice for him. Yeah, I mean, if I'm to, if, if you want me to really be nice, uh, kind about this, Dusty Baker is always somebody I felt for over the years. So, yeah. Um, that's almost it. Uh, I I do want to put out a few other things. Just uh, just food for thought when we come back for our next episode. And for reference. This is the fourth week in a row we've put out an episode of or a taping or a recording of any sort, which doesn't happen often, hasn't happened in version two. Happened, uh, we were doing weekly episodes at the peak of version one, but I don't think I can't recall a time, even during the pandemic series, although that's ongoing, I can't recall a time in version two that where we've done episodes four weeks in a row. But that's what we've uh, just done. I do want to leave some food for thought in what could be our next, our fifth episode in, a, in, in as many weeks. <laughs> we'll see about that. We are halfway through November quota, six days in. But with all this talk, and I just realized this, and all this talk we just had about Katakawa and Anime News Network, there's another entity related now that I would like to talk about a little bit more. And that's Tencent. The, uh, the Chinese, uh, the Chinese um, internet conglomerate. So that's, uh, that's just uh, somebody I want to do. They, they, there, were, there was a feature article on them on Anime News Network. We know they have an investment in Katakawa as well. And that's a group I want to talk about a little bit more too. And I, maybe this is part of some of the fears people have. It's just that I didn't want to like, that's going to be, I'm sure questions that'll come as this whole thing with Katakawa and anime news network continue. But uh, does anyone want to try and take a kick out of the can right now? I think for some of those, like the Tencent and some of those uh, Chinese guys that have been buying up certain percentages, I guess, of uh, video game companies and other companies. And, and yes, Tencent has uh, has stakes in Riot and Epic as well. And I think uh, they will not, like nothing's really going to happen, I don't think, but they definitely have an idea of the future and they're looking at the social media side and stuff like that. And similar to what Amy had said, that if there was anything they were going to influence, it would be probably be pushing that social media side and all that other side instead of the traditional side, which it feels like Anne is still a part of and, can, and still gets a big part of their readership from, that they're loyal enough to continually check in on them on the actual website and not on like a feed or something like that. Hmm. Kicking and screaming. Uh, that's another phrase we often use when talking. Uh, talking anime here. 
but food for uh, but there's a bunch of other stuff we know that's happened a couple of other uh, other headlines and things we're talking about and trust me if if uh, it has our attention maybe we want to talk about it just a little bit too it's just it is late sunday and we all have stuff to do on monday so uh thanks for gathering around the space heater guys thanks for the time so if you have a uh, so if our listeners out there, thanks for listening. If you have any questions or comments, you can contact us on the old school versions of the internet. Email animeroundtable at gmail.com or you can look up our long, out-of-date, even worse than ANN's website, uh, animeroundtable.com. We do have socials there. We have yet to... And the modern uh, stuff on the internet, the socials, Although they're hardly ever updated, Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok at Anime Roundtable, Twitch.tv slash Anime Roundtable, the YouTube channel. Yeah, we will. We'll, so hopefully, we'll be able to modernize at some point. But at its heart, we're still a podcast. So check us out wherever you get our po- uh, wherever you uh, get your podcasts: Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, and leave us a review. So hopefully. Those vibes will pass on to others who will want to hear us at some point, too. Five stars, right, uh, Kevin? Thumbs up. Five stars. Yes. Four and a half, too. And uh, as we joked, uh, this, this is our fifth, uh, fourth episode in as many weeks. We do try and do episodes as often as possible. More often than not, maybe on the clip of every other week. At the very worst... More than uh, at least two tapings a month. I think we're doing somewhere in between. I think we're doing a little better than that right now. But in any event, just uh, give us a uh, subscribe or a like on any of the platforms we're on. So you can be notified whenever we put up something there. Anyway, that's all we got for tonight. So uh, thanks for listening.